and uh, we've been kind of on this retrofit theme for a number of weeks now, just believing that God's doing something uh, across the globe, uh, obviously with this pandemic, and he's just reshaping things, uh, and nothing really will be as it was. But in the church, uh, often that's God's way of just causing us to realize that sometimes we just have to change it up a little bit, and uh, his gospel needs to go to all the nations, every place on the earth, even Lunenburg. All right, I want to look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, kind of a theme verse. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. I want to speak to you just kind of high level of the why of prayer, uh, kind of the what of prayer, and uh, and that's that's important as we understand uh, this season. I hope you're already um, you know just um, prioritizing prayer in your life for this month of January and fasting as we do that each uh, year in this first month. I want to really talk to you about the what and the why of prayer, and then the how of prayer will be followed up. We've got some great leaders that will be sharing in the weeks to come. And then we're going to do just like Jesus did with his disciples in small group, uh, just practice some of those principles throughout the week. Hey, if you're not in a small group yet, it's not too late. You can join, get on our page there, and uh, jump into a small group. They had their first meeting this week. It's not too late to jump in. Luke 11, verses 1 through 2. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. Could almost come to full stop right there because uh, Jesus had to pray. Couldn't he do some kind of mind meld with the Father? Like, like wh- wh- why did he need to pray? And he was modeling while he was uh, in God, God's Son, and yet here on the earth in human form, the, the prayer was the way that he communed, talked to, had conversation with his Father. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, they were eavesdropping. Yes, they were eavesdropping. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And we'll cover the how-tos of prayer in the weeks to come. Uh, But today I really want to just talk to you a little bit about why we pray. And uh, what is the whole reason behind it? I grew up in church, went to kids' church every week. And uh, we would sing songs, most of which I can sing, all of them today. Uh, Music just has a way to help kids. It just gets into their hearts and and, uh, the message of that. But uh, we had a little song we used to sing. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow grow. I can hear Lene behind me singing it because she must have sang it as well. And as a four or five-year-old, you know, I, I didn't much know the importance of that song. It was just in me. Read your Bible and pray every day. And indeed, you know, prayer and, and uh, Bible, uh, reading our Bible is essential for spiritual growth. The disciples heard Jesus praying, and they were moved to ask him, would you teach us to pray like that? Like, we just heard you as we were eavesdropping on you. And that's interesting because as, as Jewish men, they would have grown up in synagogue as Jewish boys, and they would have memorized so many prayers and memorized so many scriptures. And as maybe a lot of kids ask, or maybe as you and I would ask today, why do we do that? And typically the answer is because it's what you do. You're a Christian. Read your Bible Pray every day. It's kind of like motherhood. This is what 
we do, and I think sometimes we lose sight of, and we don't connect with the purpose of prayer. And I want to help us understand and stir you as we retrofit our prayer today. And as, as kids, I would ask that question, and, and kind of that answer was, because this is what we do. And prayer can tend to almost get into this laborious, this is what I have to do because I'm a Christian. And this morning, hopefully, I can remind us, this is what we get to do because God's invited us into his presence. And I think it's possible that the disciples had that same thought, this is what you have to do, until they heard Jesus praying and having conversation with the Father. Have you ever been in one of those awkward moments where you thought somebody was talking to you and then you realize they were using Bluetooth on their phone. <laughs> and so, you know, you, yeah, hi. And then they look at you, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and Jesus was talking, having conversation with the Father, Bluetooth of some sort. They overheard it and they said, would you teach us to pray that way? And we're hoping to do that in the weeks to come because prayer can be taught. It can be caught, but it can be taught as well. So as we start out this morning, just understand uh, the, the foremost, what prayer is, is conversation with a loving God. As Jesus would continue the request, and uh, Frankie Coleman will be helping us uh, uh, next um, after I share. Um, he'll be talking about a couple of prayer models and be looking at what some people call the Our Father. And uh, if you have a background and you know what that means, if you were taught the Our Father, which Jesus said not so much what you should pray, he said this is how you should pray. And we'll look at that model prayer. And it's interesting that as Jesus was praying to his Father, 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 and I'm sure he was having this conversation with his Father, they said, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, pray like us, our Father. So my Father is Jesus prayed, and then he said, our Father. In other words, we could have that same intimacy. It's just incredible. And they retrofitted their prayer life that day. These are the same guys in Acts, another model prayer that I think Frankie will be kind of pointing us to, where after they prayed, the Bible says the place was shaken, that there was a manifestation of heaven's power on the earth. In the next two weeks, that's what I want to just stir you with, the why, the what of prayer. Well, this morning I want to look at the story of Esther in the Old Testament. One of my favorite, it's a short book. It bears her name. It's in the Old Testament. It's 10 chapters long. And uh, it's even though it's about this Gentile king named Xerxes, this Jewish woman who's renamed a, um, a Persian name Esther, the parallels for us of understanding kingdom uh, life and understanding our relationship with our king, um, uh, King Jesus, who's the king of the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom here on the earth, um, and uh, all of these different connections. I want to point to some of those today. And the metaphor doesn't press, even though we look at it as a historical account. It is a true story. But today I want to look at some of the parallels. And we can't press them too hard because Xerxes isn't God. But even though he's this Gentile king, there are, there's some understanding of how, of how he begins his life uh, with Esther. Well, Esther, uh, we kind of run into Esther, the name of the book. Um, after the Jewish exile, there were Jews still living in Persia. And Esther's one of those Jews. And uh, we happen to find out that King Xerxes is looking for a queen. And that's really important for our story this morning. The king of Persia is looking for, uh, for a queen. 
and she's an orphan. Esther's an orphan. Mom and dad are deceased, and she's being raised uh, by her cousin Mordecai uh, as they live in Persia, post-exilic Jews. And this interesting thought that the king is looking for a queen. Now, as we read the story, we're going to understand that King Xerxes is not looking for eye candy. As you read the story, it is he wants a beautiful queen. But he's not looking for a political figure that he can kind of get Instagram uh, numbers on because his wife's good looking. He really wants a queen that will be his co-sovereign. And by that I mean she will, as a queen, co-rule, co-reign in Persia with him. Now that's an interesting thought because as he looks for a queen to fulfill that a strong role where she'll actually rule and reign with him and not just be a political figure or a puppet on his arm, that typically that would mean that queen would have to be of royal descent. She'd have to have royal blood. That she would have been in line deserving, deserving of this position. But that's not the case with Esther. Esther, the orphan girl, is chosen uh, by King Xerxes uh, to be his co-sovereign. We pick up the story in 217 of Esther. The king loved Esther. She obtained grace and favor in his sight. So he set the royal crown upon her head and he made her, he made her the queen. She didn't earn the position. She didn't deserve the position. She wasn't in line for the position. But she was chosen in love, chosen in grace, and given the favor to come beside the king and be his co-sovereign. Does that sound familiar? Man, we didn't deserve salvation. We weren't in line for salvation. But God chose us. He loved us. We were, we were without mom and dad in that sense. We were estranged from Father God. Sin in our life, he estranged us, but he chose us. And in the choosing, he called us to be in relationship with him. Now, I'm sure that Esther's asking, why me? <laughs> and I know I've asked that question at times. Lord, why me? Why would you choose me for anything? And I think most of us, at least at Harvest, we've been around long enough, even if you're just new to Harvest, to know that we kind of get, when we talk about grace and the mercy of God, we get this idea that God loved us and chose us and has forgiven us and we have, we've experienced his love and we've experienced this relationship with him. But God hasn't chosen us just for relationship. Remember, he's not looking for a queen just to have a relationship with. He's looking for a co-sovereign, a partner, someone who will rule and reign with him. And so Esther's going to learn in the story that she's not just been chosen for relationship, she's been chosen with purpose. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that in God, when we get born again, when we get saved, uh, we now become of royal descent. We weren't born that way, but we are born again to rule and reign with him. We have that royal position. We're chosen, we're accepted, we're born again into the royal line. But I think like Esther, we often don't understand what this really means. We're accepted and forgiven, but he has given us a position of royal authority. Royal authority. Well, the story unfolds and it turns out that the Jews in Persia 
are in great, great danger. It's a wonderful story. Ten chapters, read it. There are twists and turns. It's just an incredible story. The Jews in Persia are in danger of genocide. And they're in danger of genocide at the hands of an evil leader named Haman who absolutely hates the Jews. I mean, despises them, doesn't want them in Persia, wants them off his turf, go back to where you belong, get out of here, and he has a plan to wipe them out. Mordecai, remember, he's the one who raised Esther, brought her to the position that she would actually be seen by the king and brought into the king's court. Uh, Mordecai, her cousin, hears the plan, and he knows this. He knows it will take a king's decree to reverse the genocide. Only the king is powerful enough to rule the land and stop the genocide from happening. He knows that the king can stop the robbing, the killing, and the destroying. Can I tell you this morning that the king, King Jesus, that he rules and reigns, but the devil who hates God, hates us because God loves us. The Bible says that God came to give us life, but the enemy comes to rob and kill and destroy, and there's an enemy decree upon the earth to wipe out humanity. But God said, I'm going to raise up a people that will reverse that decree. Well, Mordecai knew that. He knew that Esther had been given the position of queen. Now listen, who else could get to the king? Who else could talk to the king? Who else is alongside of the king to say to the king, let's reverse the decree of Haman? Well, Mordecai knew it was Esther. And so he, re- he sends a message to Esther and says uh, in Esther 4, 14, Who knows? You may have gained your royal position for a time like this. Who knows? You might be in a position today to change something that's happening in your family where the enemy's killing, robbing, and destroying. Who knows? God could have raised you up and saved you for such a time as this that you and God together could bring God's rule from heaven down here on the earth and change what you're facing today. Change what's going on around you today. It'll take a king's decree to reverse what Haman, what Satan is doing on the earth today. I want you to know it's for such a time as this. It's not for some futuristic age. It's not for some time down the road. It's not for some day when maybe there's a revival. No, the revival is in us. God is in us. The place of prayer is for us. It's for such a time as this. Right now, today, we can begin seeing things change around us the way we never have before. Harvest, I believe that God's retrofitting our understanding of the power and the authority that's given us in prayer so we can begin to see this region literally transformed for his name's sake. The disciples had heard Jesus pray. And it said, when you pray, say this, Luke 11, 2, your kingdom come. I don't want to steal Frankie's thunder. I know he's going to unleash all this. It'll be so good. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. He'll teach us how to practically take these words and, make, and see them happen. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. There's power and there's authority in the place of prayer. 
There's power and there's authority. Prayer releases the king's decree, the king's power and authority on the earth, just like it is in heaven. When we meet God in the place of prayer, heaven, we, we, we come into his throne room. We come into the place where God is, and we release his power into the life around us. You've been given your royal position for such a time as this. Esther didn't really understand that. She saw herself as the orphan girl. It's interesting she'd experienced the king's love. He was married to her. They had had marital relationship. She knew his love. She knew connection with him. And she had experienced her relationship with the king, but she had not experienced her position as the queen. You've got to get this. Many of us are enjoying our relationship with the king. We know God's love, and we sense that grace, and we sense that favor. Maybe you've been in a service at Harvest, and you've enjoyed worship, or like this morning, I know it's harder in our living rooms, but we sense God's love, and we sense God inviting us to come deeper, God inviting us to come deeper into his love and to know him more. His Holy Spirit working in our lives. But God is saying, will you initiate? I'm initiating. I love you. She had experienced his initiation. She had experienced his call to the place of love. But she had not stepped into her place and experienced her role as the queen. Now watch this. Watch this. So Mordecai tells her she needs to do this, and her response is in verse 11, all the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in the inner court without being invited, without being invited, without the king initiating it, without the king beckoning it, without the king making it easy for you to go into his presence is doomed to die. The king has not called for me to come. For 30 days. Many of us have difficulty coming into God's presence when we're not maybe in a worship service or we're, you know, we're not in a place where it, there is a grace, it, there is a, a sense of his invitation by the Holy Spirit. And, and we're coming into presence based on relationship and knowing his love. And many of us are almost afraid to come into that place of, of prayer and come into that place because we feel like we don't deserve it or, or that somehow we're still at orphan status or, man, I'm not sure that God's really calling for me today. And the enemy starts whispering in her ear. The judge of our own heart starts whispering, you're not qualified to go into God's presence and ask God to do things in the world around you. And you've got this sin and that problem and you, you're disconnected over here and over there. And I want to encourage you today that as we're going to see this story, that we have to make a decision. I'm going into the place of prayer. Not because I sense the beckoning, but because I'm going to take the initiative as his queen, as his co-sovereign and say, I'm allowed. I belong. He wants me at his side. Her thought was, I haven't been asked that way. It's been a long time since I felt comfortable in his presence I might die. He might kill me. That was really her thought. It says in Hebrews, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. The writer of the Hebrews knew how we think sometimes. He said, no, no, you get it. You got to get over that. You got to just come leaping and bounding into his presence. He's waiting for you. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Esther says, I'll, I'll do it. 
Mordecai, I'll do it. Harvest, I'm asking you, would we be like Esther today and just make the decision in these days of prayer in January? I'll do it. I'll try it. I'm going to retrofit my prayer life. I'm hearing today that God wants me to do this. More than the relational call, there's a call to release his authority. There's a call to enjoy his love and know the love that we're connected with, but also the purpose of why we're connected to him. So that day, the Bible says this, Ephesians 5.1, she makes a decision. Three days later, she thought about it. She actually did some fasting, and she put on her royal robes and entered the inner court. She went into the place where the king was, just beyond the royal hall of the palace where the king was sitting upon his royal throne. She didn't go into his presence as an orphan girl. She didn't go into his presence uh, with her head downcast. I'm coming to you today, king, and I'm hoping you won't kill me. I'm coming into your, uh, sometimes we come into the presence of God, oh God, I'm here today. You know how horrible I am. You knew how I blew it three times this week, God. God, you know how much I sin. God, you know how dirty I am, but here I am. No, no, his, by grace we are saved. God has called you. He's, been, he's washed you. We don't come into the presence of God as we were. We come into the presence of God as we are, but as we are isn't in our humanity. It isn't in our mistakes. We come dressed in our royal robes of righteousness, the robes that he has given us to wear. She was given robes to wear to go into the king's presence, and that day she said, I'm going in to see him as his queen. I'm not going in downcast, depressed. I'm not going in with all the reasons why I shouldn't pray, but instead I'm going in as the queen. It says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, he gave us garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I invite you to dust off your garments of praise in these days. Put some worship music on and begin to worship God and say, I have the garments of praise. I belong in the presence of God. God wants me to do this thing that I've been called to. Isaiah 61 verse 10, I will sing for joy in God. Explode in praise from deep in my soul. He dressed me in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom puts on a tuxedo and a bride a jeweled tiara. The relationship of bride and groom. The relationship of king and queen. He's given us those garments. Come on, let's come into his presence in these days knowing that we're called to come. We're called with purpose. Let's not go as we were. We go as we are, but who am I? I've been chosen to be his queen. I've been chosen with these robes that he's given us to wear. When he saw Queen Esther, verse 2 of chapter 5, Standing there in the inner court, he cursed her. He judged her. He made it uncomfortable. No. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her. Oh, the Holy Spirit's ready to welcome you into the place of prayer with fresh strength, fresh life, freshness. I'm telling you, Harvest, God wants to impart a fresh grace into our prayer times. He wants to retrofit us in prayer. He welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. And so Esther approached and he touched the scepter. I just want to, just a couple points and then we're going to transition this morning. She's standing in his presence, close enough 
that she's touching the scepter that he's holding hand in hand and face to face. They haven't seen each other for 30 days. I don't know about you, but when I haven't seen my, my wife or my grandkids or people that I love for a long period of time, <laughs> man, I, I want to hug them. I want to love on them. I can't wait till we're back in the room. I know we're not supposed to hug, and I know we're, but you know, we 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 elbow touch, and there's just something about when you haven't seen someone for a while, and even if you've seen them online, or you feel like kind of your distance. When you're face to face, you take a moment. You don't rush into the dialogue. You don't rush into. Now, sometimes we do. I've come home before, and and I start talking, which is kind of how I process. I'm a talker. Don't all say amen at the same time. And uh, my wife will say hi in the middle of my sentence, meaning I didn't greet her. I didn't take time to connect. I went right into vocab. But some of us do that in prayer. I believe that we need to understand the touch of prayer. Esther comes in. And I know that they would have spent time looking at one another. They would have spent time as she touched his scepter. He's out there holding each other's hands, eyeball to eyeball, hand to hand. And don't rush the moment. I want to encourage you to enjoy the touch of his presence in prayer. But there's two things that happen in prayer. When we pray out of presence, when we pray, when we understand we're in his presence, it does come to that next stage where we hear the voice of God say this. And the king answered her, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give, to, I will give it to you. In a number of weeks, Karen will be sharing again. I love it when Karen preaches. I hope you enjoyed Mia last week. Oh, my goodness. Did she hit the ball out of the park? We have so many great leaders up and coming. We say up and coming. They're already here. They've arrived. And we want to give them opportunity to share God's word and just practice the gifts that God has given them. Mia, thank you for that amazing word last week. And Karen, I mentioned Frankie and Karen and Brittany uh, Brink and Ryan Brink and others will be sharing. It's going to be so awesome this month as we retrofit our prayer life. And Karen is going to be talking to us about answered prayer. (laughs) Many of us come into the place of prayer and go through the list and it's like, you know, is he going to, we don't even think about the answer. You should think about the answer as you're praying. Why? God answers prayer. What do you want, Queen Esther? I'll give it to you. Come on, somebody. As we pray, it's not just rote prayers. It's not just an exercise. We're co-ruling, co-reigning, releasing. Jesus taught us, what ask and you will receive. Knock and it will be open. Seek and you will find. James said, you don't have because you didn't ask. As we're asking, as Esther asked, he said, up to half the kingdom. What was he saying? We're in partnership. We're in partnership together. We're doing this together. And reveal to her that she could make a difference in this asking of the king. Well, you know, as we read the story, wow, did she have an effect? Was she raised up for such a time as that? Oh, yes, she was. Not only was Haman's decree reversed, But Xerxes released his authority that day. In Esther 8, verse 7, it says this, King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai, Indeed, indeed, of course, I answered her request. I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he tried to lay a hand on the Jews. Listen, 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 listen. The Bible says we're more 
than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Not only does God want to reverse the decree of, the, of Satan, not only does he want to give back what Satan has taken, the Bible says that he wants to give back and then some. He wants to make open display of the enemy's work. Haman was hung on a gallows for all to see. In this day, such a time as this, not only does God want to answer our prayer, he wants to prove to the world that Satan's power has been finished on the cross it's over, and God wants to display his people and answer to prayer and the kingdom of God in its power. The church is not to be weak and wimpy. God has called his church to be powerful. In itself, no. No. But partnered with him, releasing kingdom power. Greater is he that is within me than he who is in the world. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Literally, we are to be plundering hell in this region, pushing the gates, the authority of hell back, causing hell's influence to be smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller in this region. As we retrofit our prayer lives, we want to learn how to pray going beyond religious words, going just because I'm supposed to, I guess, read my Bible, pray every day, and I'll grow, grow, grow. True enough. But we'll grow, grow, grow as we truly understand and get what the disciples understood when they heard Jesus talking to his Father. And we'll come close into the presence of God. We'll touch and ask. Touch and ask. Ask and touch. There'll be these two aspects, the two wings of prayer. Let's dust off our garments of praise harvest. Let's understand that we've been called. We're not orphans. We're, we're not as we were. But who am I? I am dressed in robes of righteousness, called to co-rule, co-reign, releasing heaven's power and authority in our region. Who knows, Harvest, for such a time as this. I'm going to invite my wife to come join me beside me today. I hope I've stirred you a little bit to think about uh, prayer. And next week, we're going to be looking at this again and uh, just a little bit more just to stir that, you know, this idea that we can't do it uh, by ourselves. We need God. But God won't do it without us asking. And that's just the way it's been set up. I, I've been reminded afresh just some of the issues, you know, we've got some prayer requests. You're going to be praying for them today. And I just love this time of our service. And I love that people are, um, are texting in uh, prayers. And, and uh, I just think God's going to take us to another level. I, I was thinking about the many prophetic promises that God has given to you and I over the years. Promises for our family. You know, promises for our grandchildren before we had grandchildren. Right. Promises for Aaron and, and his life and his future. Promises about what God wants to do in this region as we came uh, 18 years ago. And many of those things have been fulfilled, but many haven't. And I've been reminded that it's just not like God when God promises. I'm going to explain this next week, the will of God. Some things in God's will happen because God wills it. But that phrase, God's will, is also what God wants. It's God's desire. And God promises it saying, I want this, but I want you to want this. So that together we release that power. Where we cooperate in the place of prayer and say, God, and we petition heaven and we release power. Sweetheart, I, I've been just thinking about how, you know, as we've been praying more than we, I think, than we have in the past, praying together, that I just want, as a church, I think it's indicative that as God's doing it in our lives, God's going to do it in, our, in harvest. 
You have promises. We have promises. Let's begin to press heaven. By ourselves, it won't happen. And God won't do it alone either. He's waiting for this partnership called prayer. It's how it's been designed. Let's release some of this power today because that's what it is. Kingdom power as we begin to pray. What are we praying for today? Well, I... I kind of like that we sit behind where you're speaking because I've been following. But awesome. Dennis Caddy, he, I notice his name because he's on every week. But yeah, his Dennis. granddaughter is. Dennis sits right over there when he comes. Okay. <laughs> but I always, he's just faithful to be online and I always yes. see his name. But he's praying for his granddaughter who's oh. expecting a baby and has had two miscarriages. And you know, oh, wow. God is just going to protect this life. Yes. Mia's asking for um, prayer for her leg and her foot. Okay. And we have so many other requests for, for really friends and family. With COVID nineteen and and for um, Daniel Grimms uh, has a friend in England who's battling cancer. Oh my goodness! Friends going into surgery, family suffering, marriage is suffering. You know God knows. And um, let's just begin to pray, church. And Father, we're just asking you, yes. God, to intervene. Come on. In the things that we are Thank trusting you, for Lord. this morning, God. yes, Lord, you see the lives, God. You see the situation. You see the power. the desperation and yes, the crying Lord. out and the tears and God the the screaming that I am finished. But God, you just put in. You're not finished. You're just starting. Come on, because God is just starting. Come, Come on. on, God has a plan and a purpose. And Father, we come against cancer this morning, and we come against COVID, and we come against destruction of marriages and families, and God, lives. God, that is not your love and goal for us, Father. God, you are for us, and Father, we're praying strength into marriages and strength into families and strength into life and life into life to this morning, God, because you are the life, God. You are the one that puts breath in our lungs, God. And we pray for every need, God. Every need that comes across the screen, every need that comes across our phone lines, every need that comes in an email, or every need that comes in a phone call, God. You see them all, you hear them all, God. And we're just standing this morning and believing, Father, that you have a purpose and you have a goal. And Father, although things look just bleak right now. God, they're not. Father, you're still in control. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Regardless of how bad the situation looks, Father, you are still in control. God, that song, when I walk into the room, I see you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When you walk into the room, you see faith, God. We see faith this morning, God, and we breathe faith, and we speak faith, and we yell faith into every situation. Yes, Lord. God, I just love you, Father, and I love what you're doing. And in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, God, you're still there. You're still working. You're still loving us, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, just before you give those final announcements, I just want to ask if there's anybody watching today, if you've never made a decision to come into the presence of God, you say, I'd be be afraid to get struck down, you know, like Esther. He'd kill me if I came into his presence. The Bible says that we are all born sinners, separated from God. But God placed his anger and his wrath on Jesus on the cross to take it for us. The Bible says literally that God's wrath was turned away from us and placed on Christ once for all so that we could come into relationship with God. Today, we just simply have to acknowledge that what Jesus did, that you accept it as for you. He did it for you, but you have to receive it as your own. I'd like to lead you in a, in a short and simple prayer right now. If you've never done this before, you say, I, I want to come into God's presence. I want to know his forgiveness. I want to know his love. 
a simple prayer like this today. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, come into my life today. Come into my life. Forgive today. my sin. Forgive my sin. I want to know your love. I want to and the destiny and the that you have for me. That you have. For Amen. I believe if you prayed a simple prayer like that, that God answers that prayer each and every time. Would you, would you just text if you did that today? Text yeah. in the box, I prayed that prayer. We'd love to send you a Bible or just make sure that you have everything you need to start your journey with that's the Lord. Right. I see a young man that's watching today. His name is John. He's on Zoom. John, I can see you got your hoodie on there, dude. <laughs> uh, how you doing? He looks a little shocked right now because I'm talking to him. I, John, I just believe God just speaking to me as I was praying for you. He just loves you so very much. I pray like there's some dreams in your heart. I think there's some things that when you were younger, you aspired to. You said, when I grow up, like a lot of young men do, and somehow I feel like some of those dreams have been stolen out of your heart. I feel like some circumstances and some situations have happened that have taken those dreams out of your grasp, out of your hand. In fact, I feel like today you've given up on some of those dreams. I'm telling you today, John, that God's wanting you to believe again, trust again. God's about to do some miraculous things in your life, John. He wants to turn it around. Whatever those circumstances were, he wants to change them in your life. You're gonna begin to see that God is yeah. for you. He's not against you. He wants to love you and bless you and release the dream of your heart into reality again. Buddy, I haven't met you in person. I see you on Zoom today. Thank you for joining. And I just pray God's blessing on your life. Yeah, I think this is cool. If you have not or don't know, you can actually join in on Zoom. I feel like we got a live audience in front of us yeah. through Zoom. And, and it's really neat to see our family that has joined us and some that we haven't seen before, That's we right. haven't met before. Some new people, yeah. Yeah, so get on Zoom and, and you know, it's like you're a little closer. Yeah. Um, what an awesome service. What a, I think you've really challenged everyone. And, and you know, retrofit your, I feel your prayer life. Yeah, I mean, we're believing for some pretty significant things yeah. right now. In Not our, too hard in for the family. king. No. Not and, too hard for the come king. come on, God's got it in control. If you have a prayer request or a need or anything, if you can just text us, leave a voicemail on the church phone, or, or just put it on the screen, and we're going to believe with you, stand with you, and pray with you. Yeah. You're a part of our family. If you're here, you are family, and you're just a part of us. Us. Amen. There are two ways to give right now with us at Harvest. You can go online to hcfcormall.ca slash give, or you can text any amount to 84321. Prayer nights and small groups, uh, this Tuesday at 7 p.m., join us for online worship before you head to your small groups. So our worship team's going to be here, and we're going to lead you in worship. And then we're going to go off to our small groups. I know the worship team we it's had ours last week, and it it's great. It, yeah. It's just kind of it's just neat to touch each other. But make sure if you're not part of a small group, we can't group, touch each other. We're not allowed to touch each well, other. Well, we're not. Well, I do. I, I hug them on the screen. <laughs> yeah. and I'm not technically touching them. Well, get over there. <laughs> hey, it it is awesome. I mean, I do feel without touching, we're touching because That's you right. know we're we're connecting. At this you lost time. your train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know, did you hear when he said he's a talker? Yeah. Amen. amen. I'll give a big amen to that. <laughs> and he does come home and start okay, talking. all right, that's enough about me. More, no, I, more about you, enough about me. You told me I don't give you enough credit. I'm just loving on you right now. Okay. Come on. No. I feel the love. Isn't it awesome to be able to be real? Come yes, on. come on. We are just real. Harvest, we love you so love much. Love you so much. I miss come you. Come on, hopefully for you. this, this lockdown is over week. soon and we can be back in, yeah. in our building. God bless. bless. Have a you. great week, and we'll see you back next week. See you week. soon.